0: You're listening to Conversion Cast, presented by LeadFerno. I'm your host, Aaron Weike. Conversion Cast focuses on digital marketing and conversion, exploring the art and science to turn a lurker on your website to a lead, a browser to a buyer. This episode: AI-powered content creation at scale. My guest is Andrew Shotland, founder and CEO of LSG SEO. Andrew is a highly experienced and trusted SEO with a knack for tackling large scale SEO challenges like multi-location, marketplaces, and B2B SaaS. LSG has bolstered results for companies such as Walmart, Rotten Tomatoes, Crunchbase, and many others, both large and small. Andrew is a regular contributor to Search Engine Land and the co-founder of bayareasearch.org, the association of Bay Area Search Marketing Professionals. I'm just gonna type a really great prompt real quick to make this interview with Andrew fantastic. Yeah, that was a dad-like AI joke. Let's talk to Andrew. Andrew Shotland, thank you for joining me on Conversion Cast today. You're, you're welcome. We are talking AI and scaling uh, content on today. So now that this giant phenomenon has crashed and, Started the dust has started to settle a little bit and we're all finding more ways uh, to use it with productivity rather than just the shine and polish and appeal and all the excitement. You know, what are kind of your general thoughts overall to how you've seen AI impact content in the SEO world?
1: Well, when it first started becoming like a like really getting ahead of Steam last year, uh We actually, actually maybe about a year and a half ago, um, we actually, uh, we got hired by a pretty big company that had, um, they had hired an an AI agency or something like that uh, to create thousands of pages for them and it didn't work. They, I don't know, they they just didn't have a very good process and they, they, they just spat out like a thousand pages. And so they hired. I think I said something snarky on Twitter at the time about AI content and SEO. And so this company hired us to basically fix their their broken AI pages. And so at the time I was saying AI is the greatest thing that ever happened to SEO because there's going to be all this horrible content out there that needs to be uh, quote unquote optimized. Yeah. Uh, so we got into AI in a really <laughs> like a fun way, I think. Uh, but now. Now that it's slightly more mature, like six months more mature, we're definitely seeing it. It's still very shiny object for a lot of marketers. Pretty much every client we talk to that has a content play in an SEO, you should always have a content play. Everyone is like, "Well, can we do this with AI? can't we can we just spin this up with AI? And so um, and so whether you're pro AI content or not, you should definitely be get, start to get comfortable with it because marketers are demanding it uh, or demanding at least to explain why you shouldn't use this amazing new breakthrough technology to uh, crank out a lot more content at a lot lower cost.
0: Yeah. and I, That last statement definitely is the anchor of it, right? Anything that's ever rooted in efficiency, Eventually, you or your team, your role is going to be asked, why aren't you delivering on efficiency um, and that that coming into play so heavily with this? yeah, across that, what do you see so far? What are the pros and cons to ai generated content that you you see in this?
1: On the pro side, you can if you have a good process, you can definitely create a large volume of content quickly and relatively cheaply. Uh, And so I I think that's it. And by the way, there's all sorts of other great benefits. As an example, we just built a new website for our agency. And I was looking at the pages and I wanted to tweak them. And I'm not really a programmer. So I just went to ChatGPT, actually Bing Chat, their version of it, and was like, how do I do this thing in WordPress? And it spit out code like in a second, and it worked. And so, uh, so I th- for me like that stuff is amazing. Um, or uh, the image image AI as an example, I was using Canva's new AI editor yesterday because I've been trying to figure out what to do with my dead backyard, and I was like, here, fill it in with a garden and some. The fire pit and stuff, and it totally did. It, it looks great, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to use that idea." So, um, so I think there's a lot of um, opportunity for different businesses to figure out how to use these tools to their advantage to do something they never could do before. Uh, and, but for the most part, we're looking at it uh, professionally as a, for for content. And um, and so again, like the 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 scale and cost of the content is really uh, phenomenal is a game changer in a lot of ways. the the cons of it is that it can be a pretty if if you've tried any of the image AI generators, uh, they're very easy to, like hey, create a picture of a tiger on Mars or something. It's very easy to do that. But then to actually manipulate that picture to get it to be what you really want it to be is incredibly hard and time consuming. And all content through AI is like that. You can say, hey, write, let's just say we're an emergency plumber. You can say, write me a page about emergency plumbing in Dallas, Texas. But to get that content to the point where I'd be willing to publish it for both consumers and for SEO, will take a lot of iteration. And so having a process uh, to create your AI content is kind of critical because uh, the con of it is it's mostly just print out garbage.
0: Yeah, and what do you find, and maybe it's a combination, is it more weighted on the front end to the prompts that you're putting in, or is it more weighted to the back end of fact-checking, you know, human editing and what that goes on, like what, what do you feel like is that weight we uh, i'd say we're we've in
1: ultimately uh, depending again on the scale the the human editing is probably heavier weight because it's more time consuming but philosophically it's 50-50 so the the amount of time it takes to create the right prompts to create the right content so so i I'll just walk you in at a high level through the process we use,
0: yeah, please, which
1: do. is okay, we first we want we know we wanna we have this idea we wanna uh, create a bunch of pages to rank for certain types of searches, and we'll create a a brief, a content brief as if we were gonna write them, uh but mm-hmm. they're anyhow, so they're basically like a bunch of instructions. We'll then go and essentially uh scrape the top pages in Google for the different types of searches we want to rank for. And we'll use both of those pieces of data to train the model, to train the AI. Hey, AI, we want to create pages that capture these concepts in our brief and also in these well-ranking pages. And depending on what the topic is, it, you know, it's not like you can just create these prompts once and then it all works. You have to kind of make the prompts unique to whatever you're trying to cover and will break up the page into subtopics, pretty niche subtopics and prom- use the prompts to create only small sections of the page. If you try to create a full page with the prompt, um, it usually is not very good or it, it's maybe it's fine. It just, it gets so much better when you're, Hey, I just want to talk about this little topic right now and then you can refine that and then you um and so you go through a bunch of iteration until you get a whole piece of content that feels well written
0: yeah i think just to like stop you there i think that's a really great tip one that i haven't thought of before so definitely use it to help me like start to create outlines and then write an article based off that outline but breaking it down further taking that outline and then giving some very direct prompts that are a little bit more fully, you know, put put together and contain more information and direction that you wanted to go for each of those um, sections and then humanly stringing them all back together. well, wow, that seems like a much better approach.
1: Yeah. And for, for a, yeah, I think for any type of article, it, it, it's probably the right way to go. It takes a little more time, but you end up getting, I think, better product. Yeah. And then once you've got it where you you think, hey, this is what I want, you also have to now test it for scalability. So if I hit go and want to produce uh, a thousand of these, well, first start with producing five of them and do five look good. And if you can pass, I don't know what the 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 minimum number of uh, test um, test articles would be, but let's just say it's five to ten, yeah. and you should be able to quickly see, yeah, this sucks, or no, it actually did it. So a common we a common we we commonly use this for location pages where you can pretty quickly see, oh, just put in the city and the state, and then has certain concepts in it. Uh, and once you've got it where it's reproducible, then you want to also Put it through some automated checks. So you want to check it to see if it's been plagiarized. You want to check uh, to see if uh, use uh, some of the AI detection tools. Can it? Can a detection tool tell this is written by AI? You want to check to see if the grammar is correct. You want to check its readability score. So what you know we're concerned about SEO. Yep. Uh, I I forgot what the. So basically, you, for SEO, you want to make uh, the readability score somewhere between eight and six years old, eighth grade and sixth grade. Sorry, not eighth. And okay, sixth grade. eighth grade and sixth grade. Like, because you want to basically make it simple and easily to understand. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, you, know, you run through all these checks, and then uh, and then you've got a pretty decent piece of content or several pieces of content. You hit go, and you you create a thousand of them. And now comes the hard part. You have to hand them over to an editor and or editors, hopefully. And they have to read all these things and go, okay, this is good enough or not. And I think most, most AI that we've seen, AI scaled content, um, what some people call programmatic SEO, uh, they don't go through that last step. They just take the output and put it up. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between really... Really, well done AI content and kind of eh, AI content,
0: yeah, no, I could definitely see that right, because you basically have almost two levels or two stages of quality control that you're putting it through. One is through a set of tools that you've determined to help you, you know, with uh, those elements that you talked about from its readability and AI detection in it and and things like that. And then the next one is, yeah. Humanize and brain on it to something not check out right, not make sense, not connect enough for for what you're looking for. And that that's obviously important to anything you're ever anyone in manufacturing would ever tell you like the quality control step is so incredibly important. and don't don't get so uh, drunk off the fact that you can create a million widgets, but you better make sure that they actually count as a million widgets when they're coming off the end.
1: Yeah, I think may, I may have to buy the domain six or
0: six sigma.ai. <laughs> <or something. laughs> totally. You've got to create some type of a ISO 9000 uh, process for <laughs> totally. it. So uh, charge 5000 bucks a pop and you can get your AI uh, content ISO certified yeah. by Andrew. So. We're,
1: we're training you to be an AI black belt.
0: <laughs> nice. If you are creating content for your website at scale, or leveraging a content marketing strategy through a blog, you should be thinking about conversion. While all of that content created is meant to attract eyeballs, the impact is having calls to action that are always on the screen on every page. Leadferno turns every page of your website into a contact page. Not just one lead page, not just one contact form, but every single page. Learn more on Leadferno, discover our agency partner program, and start a two-week free trial at LeadFerno.com. Now back to Andrew. All right, you guys at LSG have uh, really discovered, you know, and and put together uh, some great processes with this, and you've gotten your hands dirty with it already. I think there's a lot of people. Yeah. Testing and creating what if scenarios and, and things like that. But um I, I know from listening to some of other some of your other engagements and, and webinars, you've already put this into play and have, you know, been able to see data and things that took place. So the first one, can you share you had a, a home services uh case study that you shared. Can you share what you did with that and what you've seen take place?
1: Sure. So uh uh let's say about a year ago, we had a home services client who was like, Hey, we need content and we need it fast for SEO and we, we can't pay a million dollars for it. Uh, and so we figured out that we could use AI to create basically unique pages for every combination of, um, appliance brand and, uh, appliance. So think of it like LG refrigerator and things like that. Yep. And, This is not too different than what anybody, any standard SEO play would be, which is typically you would write some content that could apply to any type of refrigerator and have insert brand name here. And you might even write five different versions of it so that you could have some randomization. But sooner or later, let's just pretend there were 50 brands of refrigerators. Well, if you wrote five versions, you'd still have 10 of each that are basically the same, except for the brand name. And that can work to get you started, but it's not going to be super competitive with unique content for every brand, but it's expensive to create, you know, LG refrigerator, Samsung refrigerator, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And, and so we, we basically did this AI process I described and we created uh, it's about a thousand pages of different what we would call them brand combo pages and uh we it didn't take very long wasn't super expensive to do and we published them and over the last uh, I can't remember how long they've been published now but they're definitely the fastest growing page type in terms of organic performance on oh. this site and again it's not because we're some sort of geniuses or anything we just took a very standard SEO tactic and added a little AI magic to it and it I think it was it was more than enough to give it a little boost.
0: Yeah. Not the flip side of that because it ends up being a success story. You you shared another one of a company that basically did AI content creation on their own. I think this is an easy way to point out when you don't have process, you don't have the quality checks, it can fall flat on its face. Maybe talk about that, what you guys did and and what the end result was. So I, I think I, I mentioned that a little earlier is, is that when we
1: our first AI project ever was this company that had published like thousands of AI written pages that didn't go anywhere. And so they hired us to fix it. And th- this was before chat GPT uh, was really a thing. Uh, I can't even remember what the AI model was that that was hot then. It was like maybe GPT-2 or something. And, um, and so we just took the top 100 pages that they had published and decided which ones had the highest potential. So we said, okay, we stack rank them based on potential search volumes and things like that. And we just rewrote them manually. And uh, they ended up within a month outperforming all thousand pages because they weren't garbage. Uh, so the, the lesson there was not always the best idea to just take something directly from an AI tool and publish it on your site. Uh, you may, although I can say the, the again that was back in a in a kind of a, a much more primitive form of AI. Yep. And so I was looking at a, a site two days ago that someone claimed they had just written like an AI article for every state. It was on a legal process, and those pages were ranking really well. So uh, it, right now you, it might be we're actually working with a we we just started working on a client this week where the mandate has been, okay, crank out as many AI pages as you can, as cheaply and fast as you can. And then once they're published, go back and see which ones are performing and quote unquote, optimize those by hand. So um, so there's all sorts of strategies and angles to attack this stuff at. You don't have to invest in the, the, the kind of gold-plated version to start.
0: Yeah, totally, yeah throw a lot at the wall, see what sticks, and then make it better from there. Yeah. What have you found in working with this for so long and pre-chat GPT explosion? Are you guys, are you rooted in one model or another? What's your guys' philosophy on that? Are you constantly playing with all of them? Like, where do you sit with that as a team? Uh, we're using right now. I, I
1: believe we're using GPT-4 right now. Um, uh, I guess I should know that, but our, <laughs> our Jess Peck, our machine learning engineer, is the one who's, who's playing around with all that stuff. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the one we're using. So we're not using like Google Bard or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's the main one. And but but there's she's also bakes a lot of other stuff. And I think there's like. She's the kind of person who, oh yeah, there. I just found this amazing library in GitHub for doing this particular thing. We're going to bake this into our AI process.
0: Yeah. So that's really interesting. How? What do you see as agencies or in-house teams having a machine learning engineer on staff like that, that's constantly investigating, tweaking, building their own I- internal models? Do you think that will become a Unnecessary? Do you guys sell it as a big separator in your services that you have that expertise on staff?
1: You know, we probably should. <laughs> I don't. it's not like hey, get now with machine learning engineer. Uh no, I think it's a it's a it's definitely a choice. I don't think everyone needs that. Uh because agencies, I think, that are doing a certain type of scale would benefit from it. But you know, if you're, if you're not really working on like multiple sites and multiple topics at the same time, I don't know. It seems like you can just outsource that. You don't need like a full-time machine learning person. There's other things you can do with it. You know, if you're a big enterprise company and, and there's all sorts of things you want to do with machine learning besides content, like, yeah, it's good to have.
0: Yeah. No, I feel like an enterprise company, that person's like, uh, demands of people uh, wanting things created and done would be a long list really quick right
1: now. Yeah, but so here's something interesting. We we get hit up by other agencies who have seen Jess talk and want to buy some of her time just to kind of figure out how to do it themselves. And that's been actually pretty helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, Like they, cause here's what happens is one of the best parts about all this marketing stuff and tech stuff is so much of it is you can do it yourself if you take the time, you yep. know? And, but the problem is you invest five hours, let's say of your day to try to figure something out with chat GPT. And then you hit a wall and you can't figure out a way beyond it because whatever, you're not a machine learning engineer. And so using, uh, outside expert resources like that can be helpful to like unblock certain yeah you know, unblock things, uh, yeah. And I think for for all I think probably for most most uh, users of this technology, that's probably good enough. You don't need a full time person.
0: Yeah. No. One, I'll keep that in mind. To. Let's just mark, Andrew has now pioneered the fractional machine learning engineer as a job title. So. Yeah,
1: her name is Jess Peck, and uh, we're, we're, we're selling Jessions. So that's, <laughs> so if you want a Jession, a Jession, I can't even say it. I love um, it. Yeah.
0: That's spot on. So, all right, you've outlined here how AI lets you scale content. You've proven this out. You have success stories with it. What are the best types of content and pages to to scale that you you really want to add that gasoline to and create more content around?
1: The first ones we really started with were location pages for multi-location websites because we felt they were the simplest. They only need a certain types of, of topics on them. They don't need to be written by Ernest Hemingway or anything like that. So uh, so anything that's a template is a good way to start. We We definitely do it for more, let's call it customized Article content or landing page content, but that's trickier, right? Because it's not like um you're gonna make a hundred of these and there's a format for the same one for each one. Nope. it's all different. so if you're if you're thinking about, let's say non location page type things, think about something that's a, that's a topic that I don't know, like it, it has the same format, but it's different at scale. So, mm-hmm. so at this example where the, uh, the, the, the client we're working with, that's doing around legal stuff by state. So there's going to be a page for every state. There's going to be certain topics they cover that are going to be pretty similar. There might be some very specific stuff you need to know for each state. Mm-hmm. So, but that would be a good candidate for an AI scalable thing. Um, a, Articles like, hey, how to set up organic landing pages in GA4. I don't think that's a great use of AI content because it's very specific. Uh, It's not like, I guess you can create direct landing pages and paid landing pages too. Uh, Maybe that can scale a little bit, but it's not the same as like, hey, I need 50 pages, one for each state.
0: Yeah. And I think that kind of outlines location pages would be considered this, um, Pages a little deeper in the funnel where people their search is kind of outlining some of the specifics that are important to them. They're a little bit further down the funnel and in the conversion process, um, and that's an area by scaling that you're also kind of helping scale your conversion. Right, these are more of your money or targeted pages.
1: That's right. It's always. If you're gonna scale stuff up, well, it always depends on what the goal of the site is, but if you're gonna scale stuff up, you might as well scale the pages that convert the best. And in a lot of, particularly with multi-location businesses, the location pages usually convert the best or a location plus service page and or a location plus product page or something like that. Yep. And so uh, so those are great candidates because the traffic is very mid to bottom of funnel. And yeah, I think that's that's kind of how we look at it.
0: Yeah, great. So in closing, what's kind of on your plate or what are you guys looking at next right now for AI to help you in SEO or content creation? Is there an area you want to explore a little bit more or test a little bit more? Where 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 are your ideas and and your eyes kind of um, looking towards? Hmm.
1: Well, I think we're going to keep trying to push the envelope on content creation and expansion. Uh, We may even try to, you know, there's a bunch of video AI companies that come out. We haven't really played around with that yet, but that seems like like there could be something there to create like scalable YouTube shorts or that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think where I'm most interested in it now is how do we use it for our own productivity? So as an example, internal linking is a thing for SEO. Like how many pages on your site link to this page you want to rank? And what do the links say? What's the topics of the pages that link to you? And there's definitely like a strategy to it. But when you get to, I don't know, let's say a hundred pages, it's hard to do that manually. Yeah. And you can do it programmatically by just, you know, basically warehousing all your content and putting it in a database and trying to figure out, oh, this is a page about toothpicks. Okay. I'm going to put the link there. And, but with a million page website, like how do you do that in a way that's not like super expensive and things? Like, and so I think there's there's going to be uh, either someone's going to build these tools, maybe they already have, or we're going to figure out how to use AI to kind of crunch all this data to go, okay, add the link on this page that says this, and that's going to give you your biggest bang for the buck. And I think if we can start delivering that to clients, at scale in a way that's easy to implement, like I think that could be really interesting.
0: Yeah, it, it's a great way to take something that's such low hanging fruit in the SEO world of internal linking and be able to do that at scale and see right a, a sizable return or or a bump off of it when done right.
1: Yeah, I'll give you another one. This was awesome. So we were working with a, uh, a data analytics company uh, about two years ago before they cut their marketing budget. And they could basically take like 3 billion uh, data points and within seconds crunch it and say, this is what this data says, something like that. Uh, And so I said, hey, if we basically loaded a bunch of Google search results into your database, can you tell me, like, give me some interesting facts about it? And sure enough, we, we, and it, it only has things like the URL and the title tag and things like that. So it's not like you're really looking at everything, no. but it was definitely like, oh yeah, like for this query across a million search results, if you have this in the title tag, it's significant, like it's a significant positive thing. And so that's where we want to use AI for is to try to get this edge on how Google works, which previously we could only kind of, dream. Oh, if only I had a tool powerful enough to do this. Yep. Now we kind of do.
0: Yeah. Well, wow. very valuable ideas. Andrew, if people are intrigued by some of the things that you've shared me shared with me today, and I definitely think they will be, where is it best to follow and connect with you uh, online? Wow. You can find me
1: on LinkedIn, Andrew Shotland. Uh, I am sometimes on Twitter slash X at, at local SEO guide. Uh, you can go to our website. We have localseoguide.com, but we actually kind of semi-rebranded as LSGSEO because no one could ever remember. Our clients never remember what our name is. They're like, oh, talk to the guy at local (laughs) And so uh, LSGSEO.com is the home of our brand new website and and various other weird spots in the internet.
0: Great, I will link to those and try to find some of the weird spots and drop links to those too in the show notes. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me. Great to catch up with you, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Awesome. Great to see you here.